Heroes from the Trenches, stories forged in the fires of experience. ESCO's materials are utilized within hundreds of schools, wholesalers, and other training entities across the globe. Learn more at escogroup.org. All right, everyone. Thank you once again for joining Did You Know? The ESCO HVAC Podcast. So we spent a lot of time here at ESCO talking about careers and opportunities in the trades, particularly in the building sciences, HVAC, refrigeration, electrical. There's so many things happening. So we're hanging out with my incredibly close friend, Daniel Mendoza. Brother Mendoza, how are you, buddy? Doing all right. Thank you for bringing me in. Well, you know, you have such an interesting perspective on our industry, and I want people to know that. I want people to hear it and be able to talk about this experience, because not only did you find HVAC, like many of us did, you actually made an entire trip here and then found it. So you started your life in Venezuela. Yes. And was very professional in what you do. A lot of people don't know that, you know, they know Daniel Mendoza, this like really good HVAC contractor and like tech guru, video editor. They don't yeah. know that you have like a amazing musical background. And, and many of us that are that are very passionate, very organized people have music backgrounds. I mean, that's just something about it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It gives you a different flavor, a different perspective into yeah. uh, all the things. It kind of spills over. They say that it makes your brain, you know, the left brain and the right brain work better or something like that. And it's kind of it's a form of art, just like painting, anything it else. It is. Yeah. So that form of art kind of moves into the career. So oh, let's, Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, coming to the United States, starting a new life here, and then your reasons for moving into HVAC. I, I, we just, we got to know this story and we have to share it because it's it's very real and, and it's very interesting at the same time. Yeah, well, um, the, the way that it went down is uh, I used to be a musician. Venezuela, of all places, has one of the most successful uh, music programs in the world. Oh. And uh, actually, there's a conductor, very famous, so people have probably heard of him, as uh, Gustavo Dudamel. He's actually one of the world best conductors, like most famous, you could probably Google it. But anyways, he actually was in orchestra there along with a bunch of other people that are playing all around the world. And uh, I was part of the youth, Venezuelan youth orchestra that travel around the world. When I was oh, wow. little, I was probably like 15, 16. Really? Yeah. And well, you were uh, the cream of the crop. Kind of. They basically they did a selection, the auditions all like, nationwide, and they selected like six clarinets, uh, four oboes, and you know twenty violins, and all that kind of stuff. And I made it. I was one of the only six kids nationwide that was yeah. selected to play in the orchestra. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely were the cream of the crop. <laughs> I used to play clarinet, but the funny thing is, like, I wanted to play saxophone because of the oh, Simpsons. Yeah. You know sure. how Lisa yeah. plays the saxophone. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do, and that's how I got introduced to music. Uh, so my brother, uh, a bunch of friends, a bunch of people were involved in the orchestra. So some of them ended up going moving to the United States to a small school in Massachusetts called uh, Atlantic Union College. It's like a 500 student uh, school. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And they had scholarships and things. And at some point, the, my brother talked to the director of the music program. And he said, hey, my brother plays really well. Uh, what are the chances that he can come down here with a full scholarship? And uh, that's what happened. I ended up to mo moving to Massachusetts nice. in 2000. Um, 
2005, yes, 2005, I was almost 21 back then. And that, that's kind of how I came to the U.S. I had a full scholarship in small school playing in orchestras and clarinet and all that. Yep. Right. So at what point along the way, because I think same way, you know, I went to uh, went to college for TV, radio, film. I was playing French horn in the ISU symphony. You know, mm-hmm. that, was, that was my gig. I was oh a brass gosh. player. The French you know horn is so hard to play. It's <laughs> one of the hardest things. Yes, it is. So yes. I played French horn and trumpet. I still got a flugel horn and trumpet here at the house. Though, you know, every once in a while, like for nostalgia, I'll break out. But you know, what I realized was that was my passion, but not necessarily a, a profession. So yes. how did that go for you? Well, what happened is that um, to make a, a living as a musician in the United States is pretty hard. Yeah, uh, you know, you have to either be a teacher or be famous or something of that nature. And, you know, you know that programs that get caught in schools usually involve like sports, ex- extracurricular activities and music sometimes goes out the window as well. Right. So the job security is not this necessarily the best thing ever. And not to mention that you don't get paid too much. So at some point I have to decide what to do with my life and uh, I have to switch gears and I have to decide what to do. I ended up moving to Michigan because the school that I was at actually went down the drain. They Something happened financially and they lost their accreditation. So I've been bouncing around all the place, just like most people probably things happen right. in life. Especially at that age. You're like, oh man, I'm good yeah, at what I'm, I'm doing, but it, can I make a career of this? Career out of living? this? Yeah. One of the things that was funny and, and a lot of people that can listen to my story, they probably relate is that I used to be really good with my hands. I, right. I just fixed anything. So if one, if you're one of those people that can, you know, go to somebody's house and there's a pipe that's leaking and then you fix it and then you fix electrical things, you know how to configure stuff. I don't know. I'd realized that I was very good with my hands and I had a bunch of credits from a school. You know, I went to university in Venezuela. I had the credits from Massachusetts for the school and I ended up going to Michigan uh, to uh, Andrews University. I also had a bunch of credits there. So I had like 200 credits and I didn't have a diploma. I didn't have a degree. Wow. So in order for me to specialize in computer science or in chemistry or anything, I had to take two more years of schooling. Right. And I wasn't about to get $40,000, $50,000 of student loan debt yeah, to deeper. Go, yeah. Yeah. Get deeper in the hole, so to speak. So I just told my wife, uh, we were dating back then. I told her I need to figure out what to do. And, you know, I thought about uh, the funny story is this. My neighbor in Indiana, we lived in Indiana for a little while. Mm-hmm. He used to do, he still does air conditioning. And one day he came to fix our system. It was a furnace, split furnace. And I thought it was very interesting. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Right. Just and intriguing. Yeah, I was intrigued by all the wires and the motor and the whole thing. Yeah. I, I just, I just kind of like, looked Man, cool. there's a lot going on in this little box. Yeah, so I told my wife, look, uh, we want to get into real estate. What are the things that are really expensive to pay for? One of them is roofing, and one of them is air conditioning. Sure. And I knew I didn't want to be a plumber. I don't know. It didn't look too interesting to me. I didn't want to be an electrician. didn't look super interesting to me. And then I was like, you know, air conditioning is kind of cool. You know, you have electrical stuff. You have mechanical things. You're messing with refrigerants and stuff. Plumbing. yeah, Math, plumbing, measurements, just, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. And the funny thing is that now that we got into real estate and we have some properties, what's happened is that I can virtually do anything. Yeah. I, I'm a contractor. Yeah, just you diversified yourself. Yes. Yeah. Based on the experience. So that's kind of what made me decide to go into the trade was that I had to figure out what to do my life with my life. 
and I knew I kind of didn't want to be a musician. And I, that's, that's what I ended up doing. Yeah. Okay. So you, you get to that point in life, you're spending time with your girlfriend going, all right, we're going to make a life together. I want to be a productive, you know, contributor to this family and this relationship. Yes. I don't know that music's going to pay enough. Um, I don't know that we want to go deeper in debt just so that I can, you know, get a get a career, a, a, a degreed career. Let's look at these options. I, I, I think, man, that was kind of interesting on HVAC. What's the next step? I mean, it's interesting, but like, where do you begin? Well, what happened was uh, we were bouncing around again. I, I came originally to Massachusetts, then um, we moved to Michigan, then I moved to Indiana. It was like half hour distance, you know, they're right sure. next to each other. And then my wife got a job in uh, here in Tennessee, and oh, I didn't have much going on down there. Right. I actually worked for a little while for uh, Con Selmer there in Elkhart, Indiana. And a lot mm-hmm. of people know about Con Selmer. It's like the last one of the last manufacturers of musical instruments in the United States. So I worked there for a little for a little while, and I didn't have much going on. And my wife said, "Let's just move to Tennessee," and that's mm-hmm. what we did. Right. And uh, I came here. I was okay. I, I Were you to- chasing a woman? No, I've always been with my wife, you know, up and down. No, no, you chasing her career. Well, what you want to okay. do, you're like, I'm, I'm going to go wherever you want to go, baby. That's right. I'll go anywhere you go. So That's right. I went on Google and I was like, hey, where can I go study air conditioning? And I found uh, Chattanooga uh, State. They have the TCAP program down there. Yeah, absolutely. It's a one-year program. They have the Missy morning. College of Applied Technology. It's one of HVAC Excellence Accredited Programs. That's right. And that's funny because the first time I learned about ASCO is, is because of uh, Chattanooga State. And, you know, there were, uh, you know, flyers and things around or yeah. things on the wall. And that's, you know, I, I ended up taking the EPA, the 608 certification down there through ASCO, of through course. Through ASCO, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I went there. I talked to Houston Graham. Um, he's a, a shout out to Houston. He's a yeah, really cool very well respected gentleman in the industry. He is the man. And I remember I met him and I was like, my name is Daniel. Um, I'm going to come to the air conditioning program and I want to become one of the best technicians this city's ever seen. You know, I tend to be a little bit extra, so I don't know why I did that, but that's what I did. Right. And yeah, I just went through the program. It was one year long. It was gruesome in the sense that I was working with a local air conditioning company. I was getting paid like very little. And so I was waking up like a, 6 37 in the morning putting a full day in, then going to school full time yes sir mm. so i was rolling 13 14 hours a day that really tested my levels of energy and patience sure but uh yeah that's what i did i worked and went to chattanooga state for a tcap program for a year yeah absolutely all right so go through tcat along the way what did you find did you find that hvac was absolutely the thing or was you were you still questioning what you're going to do when you grew up it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is like a funny story. And I want to encourage people like um, to to look into it. Uh, you don't have to start with any kind of knowledge, to be honest. Uh, I didn't know anything about anything. Right. All that I knew is there's a hole in the wall that I plug for the TV and my laptop and I charge my phone. I didn't even know about 120 volts to 40. I didn't know anything. I right. just knew that I wanted to do air conditioning. So the first day... Um, Houston comes and says, hey, can somebody uh, draw the refrigeration cycle on the whiteboard? And being me, and I I raised my hand, I was like, I'm going to do it. So (laughs) I, 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 you know, I remember I drew a house 
and I drew like a package unit with a rain shield and everything, you know, so that's a refrigeration cycle. And I, you know, you kind of laugh a little bit, but right. imagine that I didn't know anything yeah. that I drew a it was house. Just a box. It was a magic I might as well, you have, uh, I might as well just have drawn in a window unit that, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's how it started. And as we went into the topics and started learning about the refrigeration cycle, the electrical side of things, it's just, it was fascinating. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Right. So I know personally, I know that it didn't take you very long before you decided, you know what, I'm, I've actually gotten pretty good at this in a short period of time. I think I'm even going to start my own business. Well, partly what happened was typically, I think most people, it goes this way. You're in the program. As soon as you get your feet wet and you understand more or less how it works, you can get to a local company and say, Hey, can you hire me as an apprentice? Um, can I, I'd like to get my, you know, because if you're reading the book and you're not doing it, you're right. not going to, it's a, there's a weird gap yeah. between reading the book yep. and actually doing this. I got stuff. the fundamentals, but now I need the legwork. I need to be able to get out, get my hands on it and see it out in the wild. Yeah. Um, so I started working for a local company. I worked there for about three months. I, I didn't feel that, uh, that I was being appreciated. And again, there's another lesson to learn from this is that if you work at a place and you don't like it, there'll be another place that will hire you and they will appreciate you. So don't get hung up that my, my first job experience was bad and I just, I don't like it. Just find don't another give place. Up on the career. Don't give up on a career. On Put- a hiccup like that. Yes, exactly. So after the three months, I, I actually went and talked to Houston again at Chattanooga State and I was like, hey. Do you know of another company that is respectable? I want to be honest. I want to take care of people. I don't, I'm not all about pushing units on, on people and all that. So he told me uh, another old company has been around for like 40 years. So I applied for the job. They gave me the job. And I love them to tears. They're still rolling to this day. But one of the problems that I noticed immediately is that they were stuck in the 19... Technology-wise? Or something, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, some people, you know, you can skin a cat in five different ways. It's fine. I get it. Right. But I remember, like, why don't you use a GPS? Back then, the Garmin GPS, the yeah, one you put yeah, in your yeah. windshield, right. it was all in the thing, you know? Right. So, yeah, <laughs> you have to know where things are. I'm like, no, I don't. I have a GPS. Yeah. And, you know, using flip phones or sticky notes for stuff. I was like, do we have iPads? Can we use the internet? Right. Can do all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. just- and then come digital gauges and all oh, the yeah, technology was- into the industry. I was the first one and the only one to buy the latest and the greatest. Yeah, um, I can see that. I, I've always been a tools nuts. Yes. Is that how you call it? Yes. And I love, I think that uh, tools help you a lot. Anything that can help you cut a little bit of time here and there is essential because if you do the same thing a hundred times a day, if it takes you an extra minute, that's a hundred minutes anyway. Right. So anyway, how much I, you can cut down. No, I mean, that's what it comes down to. You know, go ask an accountant. When was the last time they used a a, a scratch pad and a pencil for doing their calculations and not a calculator? Just don't do it (laughs) anymore. So at some point I started getting frustrated because, you know, you go to a customer's house and you go like, like, uh, when was the last time we came here? What did we do? How much we charged? And uh, as you can probably imagine, familiarize with, you go to a customer's house like six months later and they say, you were here last week. You just changed that. It just broke. And it's like, no, I was here six months ago, not last week, you know, it's that kind of stuff. You have to use technology for your advantage. And at some point I decided to split up and just do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which turned into a very successful business in your area. 
Yeah, uh, man, it was. Uh, I just bought a van. Uh, I started with twenty-seven thousand dollars. So we sold. We had a property. We sold it. I grabbed that money. I bought a van, and I, it was empty in the inside. Right. It was a rental. I think it was a Nissan MV twenty-five hundred. Right. So I had to put the shelves inside. I have oh, to put the to fit it all, <laughs> all the from scratch. <laughs> then I have to fill it up. So I dropped like ten thousand dollars just buying all the stuff in the inside. Man, now that I look back, I'm like, wow, that was that was quite a bit of work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things we want to talk about is there are so many different avenues, and finding the resources and connecting with other people who have had the experiences that can feed your own curiosity. That's what we're here for. We're yes. here to make sure that you learn from people who have had these experiences. So if you step back and you think about it, what things would you have done differently or what things are you very proud of that got you where you are right now? Well, um, one of the first things that I regret is that I quit my job and I went to buy a van like three weeks later. Yeah. And the, the first thing they said was like, uh, where's your employee? Do you have a W2? Do you have an employment? Right. And I, I want to buy the van. Right. Well, I'm, if you have I'm a the job. Employer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the employee and the employer. Like, <laughs> hey, you want to buy a van? Well, the, the interest rate is like 2% if you, if you are your own person. But if you buy it and you don't have a job, it's like 10%. Yeah. That was the first mistake that I made. It was very expensive. I should have bought the van, parked in my house, and then quit next day. <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, things that I would have done, this is one of the biggest mistakes that I made. Um, you have to, nowadays, you have to focus, and even back then, quite a bit on the, your presence. You have to realize you, you're going to have to compete against everyone in the industry. So um, I built a website with a friend, a guy, a friend of a friend, and I thought that by building the website, it would work automatically just and just show up on Google. Yeah. And then I didn't know anything about SEO. Right. Here's my sign. Everybody come see it. Something like that. <laughs> so, you know, a long time went by and I just kept asking the guy. I was like, hey, why am I not showing up on Google? And he said, no, it's just, don't worry about it. It takes time. It's just, it's just how it is. And like six months would go by and we're like, hey, what happened? I'm, dude, I'm not showing up on Google. Like I have right. 127 five-star reviews. No, it just takes a little bit of time. Just don't worry about it. Then like two, three years later, two years later, I found out that you were supposed to be doing a bunch of stuff. So I lost two years of SEO, internet presence and all that because I didn't, I didn't do that. You have right. to, from the get-go, you have to start pumping, messing with the Google, the internet and all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, you just don't exist. Um but uh, yeah, that was one of the challenges. Um, something that probably makes me proud of uh, from the company from the get-go, I knew that I didn't want to uh, take advantage of customers. I didn't want to rip them off. I, I, I probably have thousands of service calls. At the end, we had uh, over 400 five-star reviews on Google. So in three years, I didn't have one single person, one out of thousands to say, Oh, you charged me. You didn't fix it. Exactly. Oh, you 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 ripped me off. You didn't, not one time out of thousands, not one single disgruntled uh, customer that went to Google to write a scathing review about my no, not didn't happen once. Right. So I think that if you have your mind right and you know what you want to do and you believe in yourself, you can do it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. There are so many stories to tell and we want to hang out with you and talk about these. Are you a technician and you're thinking about, man, maybe I am ready to make those next steps. Well, come hang out with us at the National HVACR Education Conference. Grab some time. Go, hey, Daniel, uh, let's go over to the side here and let's grab a 
iced tea or cold beer or whatever our choice is. And let's talk about things and let's make connections. And that's really what we're here to do. We're here to encourage you to lift you up and to help get you the resources for whatever stage you are in your HVAC and refrigeration career. You know, we've been down different paths and we all come together for this, to share our stories, to share the things that we've learned, to talk about the heartaches and the heartbreaks, but also to motivate and tell you how to do things right. Completely, for sure. Now, awesome. you know, we started the, the podcast talking about music and stuff in the background. And it's very interesting. I think that uh, music uh, helped me when it came to uh, troubleshooting and stuff because I could listen to a, I can hear a unit from afar from like a hundred right. feet, and I would I can tell if the compressor sounds weird. Listen to the frequencies. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but it no, it's not only music. I, I met guys on, in the uh, uh, that work in, in air conditioning, and sometimes they have a background. They were mechanics, or yeah. they worked as. Uh, anything it doesn't matter like you'll be amazed how you can transfer or translate some of the skills that you have into something that you may not think that it matters or it's just so i don't regret spending you know several years of my life uh doing the music because uh i think that some way kind of helped me a little bit along the way yeah i agree daniel mendoza newest member of the esco team so proud to be working with you my friend and look forward to all of the fantastic opportunities that we get to do together and all of the knowledge we get to share awesome all right see you later see you later